supposed to drink this right after eating some candy, but. 07, yeah. 07, 07 911 Turbo. It's a $100,000 car. Just don't care. I want to. I like I like newer. That's what I'm realizing. I mm. like new. I get it. So like the Defender, it's new. Yeah. 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 Mm. You know what I was thinking about doing? Because I'm definitely not starting the podcast in that section. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is selling that. They keep Kids keep pressuring me to sell that Honda. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like a piece in this room, right? Like, what else would I put there? How much is it worth? Eight grand. <laughs> you bought it for... Well, six to eight. I bought it for 3300 bucks. Does it run? Yeah. Runs great. I used to drive around all the time. Is it painted or is it that original? It's all original. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Right? That's why I just feel like it's a... Well, I painted the back fender. Hmm. But I feel like it's a... It's a piece for the shop. Now, if I get rid of it, then what would I put there? And then I go, well, maybe I could part, put like the studio equipment that I don't really have. Have you ever thought about building like a legitimate studio? It's weird because I was at this uh, thing this morning for whatever that was, right? And they're doing, it's at the rec. Have you ever been to the rec? It's where the bowling out, town and country. Oh, bowling. that's Now funny. they call it the rec. Okay. So side story really quickly. We get coffee normally at uh, Black Rock but they're having some issue with their well water and it smells like sulfur, like mm. all their coffee. Smell. Yeah. We were like, our car smells bad. And they were like, Oh no, it's this, your drinks. So we don't go there anymore. So we started going to Java crew and Lynn's like, what is this place? The wreck. <laughs> Java like, crew sucks. I don't know why you go there. Their uh, coffee is the second best cold brew. Wow. You really took a while to quantify that. Because like I was the like, second what is... best, what? And I was thinking, in zero categories, could that be cold? cold you know what? I was looking at Dutch Bros because they went public, right? Yep. So Dutch Bros went public. This is great because we're going to talk about drinking. We're, dude, I wasn't even ready to start the podcast yet. It worked you right You just it. really did work me right in because I was on a tangent over here. Whatever, man. Okay. Dutch Bros, you know what percentage of their sales are actually coffee? Because they had to put it out now, it's public. Coffee, as in coffee grounds, or like coffee the drinks? Coffee the drinks. I mean, they, hmm. yeah. I would think a good amount. Well, that's awesome. I love that. What number is that when you put it down to a percentage? 60, 70, 80, 90? They pay royalties in fra- their, that franchise? I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I would figured you would know because you look the most into owning a little coffee stand. I don't know, man. Probably like 70? 40%. 40%. 25 of which is hot coffee. Hmm. 25% is hot coffee sales. Then the rest is cold brew of that 40%. And then, uh, and then the rest is like other drinks like Red Bull, uh, weird milkshake crap. Kind of surprising. Cause the way they brand themselves, you would think that's primarily what they do. It's like they're weird. That's surprising to you. It's not surprising to me whatsoever. No, it's surprising that such a small percentage is the fancy weird drinks like the fruity Red Bull. That it's over 60% of their sales. Oh, you're saying the rest of the sales are those fruity drinks. Forty percent is only coffee. Gotcha. And the other portion. The other portion. Oh. Yeah, that huh. Weird. Yeah, they're not a coffee company. That's what irritates me. Dutch Bros Coffee Company. Well, it's like BlackRock. Have you been there and you see they're pushing their fuel and you're and like uh Rebel They're taking a page out of uh Yeah, and Dutch I was Bros. always thinking like is that popular or what? Because it doesn't seem like people would go to a coffee place and be like, I want your Basically, mixed energy drink. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, I went to that rec place this morning, and the guy was like, 
he said something about all the different stuff they're doing. They're like, oh, we do a podcast. And Andrew is there. And he's like, oh, hey, that's you. And he points to me. And I, I just, I don't broadcast that I do a podcast because I, I don't want to be one of those guys, whatever those guys are, you know? You are one of those guys. I am one of those guys. I don't think I am. You I think are. you like to think that I am, but I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and he's like, oh, you have one? Zero context on what my podcast is for. And he goes, well, we have a studio over here and over here and over here. And I was like, because you should t- check them out. I'm going, oh, okay. And I'm thinking... I don't want to go into a studio, mm-hmm. right? Why? What do you mean by that? Uh, to record, like if we had to, if we had to do this and meet up at a studio, would we be doing it? Well, I wouldn't want to meet at a, like a different place. I think it would be cool to meet into like if you had. Um, but well, you have a pretty I mean. big house. But like, are you saying go to a third party? Like, yes. Yeah. No, I wouldn't want to do that. that, that Unless was... it was somehow conveniently closer to my house. <laughs> Okay. Then I'd be totally fine with it. You're a you're a jerk. I hey, have I ever told you that sometimes I feel like you're winning a little because I have to come to your house to do the podcast? Oh, really? Like in my head, I'm like it's a little one up. I'm like mm, I don't like this. Well, hey, get it, it, I would come to your house if you had would you any sort of setup whatsoever? Well, hey, I had a roommate that I don't have anymore, so I might make that into a yeah, studio. Just put that on blast. Also, uh, you have a kid at home that I don't not sure you have any doors that are soundproof. No, it's true. He's pretty loud now. He's kind of a screamer. I mean, remember when we've done it, like I have that music room and it, you know, you can shut off the sound pretty well in that room, but you still have people around. Yeah, but haven't you ever watched like live recordings of podcasts or anything? And like, it kind of looks cool to have a like studio. That's what I was saying. I was just saying, that's why I should get rid of the orange crush over there and I could make like a little studio there. No, but that, it, that makes this, this is a garage studio. So yeah. you need a car in here. Okay. But I need like a stand for all my stuff. You know, it's like your office thing today where you're like, we need some pictures. We need some candles. There's some Don't, stuff you could do you, here. I wish you wouldn't have said that. Uh, That's, you do, you that was really embarrassing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was said. I was surprised that you said it, but. Well, I, you were. You it were, is the fall season. It was, in a, it was in the privacy of the office with just you and nobody else. It's festive. You're a it festive It smells person. so good though, honestly. Candles, like, I want to hate on them. But then they light them and you're like, oh, it, it does smell good. Like I, I walked back into my office after eating some lunch today. I'm like, this smells disgusting mm-hmm. yeah. in here. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think you were the one who got that like scent machine at the Portland location a long time oh, ago. Oh, yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it was good. It didn't work well for the space, but it... Well, what it was is if you were too close to it, it was really strong. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So I don't know how... If the further away, the better. But where do you put it at that point in time? That's true. And then, oh, we get new cartridges. And every time we got a new cartridge, it was like, oh my gosh, it's so overpowered. Especially in the upper show room. You ever go to like, well, I don't go there, but I walk outside of Abercrombie and Fitch and those kind of stores where they have a certain smell and you can just smell it before you go in. And you're like, oh, I can't shop there because I'm not a douchebag. Or like a person that wears too much like cologne or. Well, I heard that the older you get, the more desensitized you get to your own smell. So you keep Mm. wearing more and more and more. That's why old people just like drench themselves in perfume. Hmm. Have you ever heard that? Never heard that, but that actually makes sense because you do feel like older people tend to like overdo it. Yeah. With weird things. Yeah. Well, that's why I have like eight different colognes. So I don't think I could ever do that because I wouldn't get used to it. I'd be like, oh, this is a totally different smell today. Huh. I'm pretty sensitive to smells in terms of like. Do you wear cologne? No. Mm. In terms of like offices and things like that. Like I don't like the smell of food. You don't ever wear cologne? No. Do you own cologne? Uh, yeah. Huh. What is it? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Actually, it's Brute funny. after no, shave. I liked it enough that uh, I purchased more of it when it ran out, and then I just 
stopped and I don't remember what it was. And it was actually took research for me to figure out what the original bottle was. Trump had some per, uh, cologne when I was at Trump Tower. It was called Success. And I bought it because I was waiting for somebody to go, oh, what does that smell? And I'd be like, that's success. <laughs> but nobody ever did it. I used the whole bottle. I haven't bought any new since. This is what I mean. Like, if you go back to a previous podcast and I said you're like a novelty human being, that's exactly a good version of what Thank I'm you. talking about. Yeah. yeah. So then now my kids and I have a collection of car clone and mm-hmm. I have like a bunch of Lamborghini, Ferrari, Corvette, Mustang, Mercedes. It's very, it's very car businessy to have clone. Yeah. It's cool. So, so it makes I, sense. I have a collection of clone. Uh, going back to the studio thing. Would you be, would you, I mean, this is a studio technically, right? I mean, it's got the places to sit and microphones, but like. I mean, anything is a studio, I would, guess, if it has microphones, right? Would you be interested in like. Where's our producer? Dedicating a space, like closed door. At my house? A cool desk, decorate it. Well, wherever, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to it at your place. Just not at your place. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's, I'd have to, you know, I got, I got a lot of other people in this house that are going to go, hey, what are you doing with that? Like this shop, the shop's mine. Nobody can say diddly so i could do it here but if i was in the house Mm. we kind of already have a studio in the house where my kids record their music and stuff yeah what happened to us recording in your house why did we not do that anymore uh because there were people walking around and it was distractions we did it for a long while we did yeah we did seems like we did it for too long oh you know i moved that couch and the tv in there too so Hmm. now it just gets occupied what are you drinking over there i am drinking a dupont cellars pinot noir it's a pretty good one, and I felt like since today we're going to be talking about drinking, I should drink a decent glass of wine. Yeah, well, what I know to be true is if I'm not drinking, you drink the better wine. Dude, I would have I would have opened the best wine for you. <laughs> I just have to hold out long enough, and then you're like, okay, I'll give him the good stuff. Yeah, I would give you whatever well, and tell you it's the best. And I told like, you, man, yeah, I have, the, awesome. I have the, the palate of a peasant, so I wouldn't even know the difference. That's what I was just saying. I was trying to insult you, but mm-hmm. you weren't listening. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get to today's question then. What is today's question? Well, let me ask you this before you get to it. <laughs> okay. What we're about you to do talk that about. Every time. What we're about to talk about. Do you feel like it's sort of like a plight on society or do you feel like this is just us overthinking this stuff? Yeah, definitely not for me and for the audience. What is plight? Like a, like a problem. Like, do you feel uh, like this, this like affects people in a negative way in a broad scale? Yeah. Yeah. I do. You? Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I want to talk about it is because I feel like, uh, well, we should probably get to what we're talking about. Before we yeah. Talk about I don't know it. why you did that. I don't even know why you did that. I'm already like just, segued just, around it. Just to make me feel like I'm an idiot. Cause I don't know what plight is. I do in like context, but right there I was like, nah, I don't, I don't think I know. Well, go ahead and I guess ask the question All right. and then I'll get to today. Mind. We're going to talk about why do people drink? Hmm. Just why? Why do people drink? And we're talking specifically alcohol here, not Dutch bros, okay? Because right. we'll never figure out that one, why the crap True. people drink crappy Dutch bros. You know what's funny? So uh, one of the guys got coffee today, and he was holding a Dutch bros. And I said, where did you get that? It was Eric. And I said, where did, where did you get that? He goes, ah, Jason bought it for me. I was thinking, what a jerk-like move to buy somebody crappy coffee. <laughs> Is that even a nice gesture? That's like a, hey, how rude. But dude, they're so popular that there's a lot of people who would feel like, oh, you got me the good stuff. <sighs> because they're popular, right? Like, you see how many people, like, how did they get so many people to put those stupid stickers on their window? I don't know. People Advertise super, for them. Isn't that crazy? People, see, people are super proud of it. Like, they're part of that crew. It, and it's, it's like cool looking. Yeah. So it's like those people, if you give them Dutch Bros, they're like, oh, thanks, man. Like, you didn't give me the crappy stuff. You got me the good stuff. 
I don't get it either because I, I absolutely hate Dutch Bros. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. so not Dutch Bros. Why do people drink alcohol? Well, you know what's funny is Jordan Peterson said it's not a it's not strange that people drink. It's strange that more people don't drink. Oh, that's interesting. He was basically saying like to be clear, these are our opinions mm-hmm. on why people drink. True. Have to preface that. Yeah, now. not because you know we don't want anybody For going. Look at look at these look at these guys slinging wrong facts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that as I've gotten older, I you know because I th- I feel like maybe you can agree with this. When you drink in your twenties, maybe early twenties, let's say. Well, let's say hopefully at twenty one is when you know earlier. No judgment. Whatever. Let's hope by people, law people do okay. things. They do. You can get away with drinking more heavily, more consistently, and nobody really thinks of it as a problem, right? Sure. Okay. But as you get into your later 20s, maybe you have a family, maybe you have a career, maybe you're getting into your 30s, maybe even you're in your late 30s, and that same level of drinking just looks different on people, doesn't it? It does, but I guess I'd go back to the question is, like, why even? Why even drink? Like, did, have you always been a coffee drinker? No, weirdly, I didn't start drinking alcohol or coffee until I was like 24, 25. Because coffee wasn't good when you were younger, right? Yeah, I it, never developed my taste for it until I was... Re- it, it wasn't, it was like, it was like a thing to do when you grow up and you're like, well, I guess I better drink coffee because it's how I wake up, right? You had yeah. to power through the grossness of it. And I remember that with beer, it wasn't like, oh, this stuff tastes good. I mean, I, people have to admit when you open up a beer for the first time, you acquire it, obviously. Yeah. But when you open up the first time, you're like, this, you don't go, oh, this is fantastic. Dude, it's the same question with smoking, though. Right. Or chewing tobacco. So you get to drink it, and all of a sudden you acquire this taste, and you're like, oh my gosh, I could really go for a nice, ice-cold, you know, Blue Mountain, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, because you're working out in the yard, and you just feel like that that's good. Now you have the taste for it, and, and you do actually think it tastes good, and all of a sudden you can d- distinguish between, you know, hoppy beer and non-hoppy beer and uh, malts and, and dark and all IPAs that stuff. and... Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So why, though? Why start? What's the motivation to start drinking? Well, I think the easy answer is that I think a lot of people, I think it's social. I think that it's, it's like that video you showed me where there were, what is it? The ash test. And it's like, yeah, the like ash everyone project, else whatever. Yeah. says or does something. You're way more inclined just to do it. The conformity test. The yeah. conformity test. Yeah. So I think to some degree it starts with that. But I also think that alcohol is very um, mind altering, I guess. Like you have a couple right, It's a little bit like a drug, right? It is a drug for sure. Yeah. So, like, you have a couple okay. of drinks and you're in a different headspace. Wait, it's a drug for sure? I feel like for sure. <laughs> you feel like for sure. Okay. And then we're just okay with everybody just doing drugs then? I mean, that's, I think, one of the biggest arguments Socially? against alcohol or maybe for other drugs is that how are we letting... Because people would argue that, like, marijuana, they go, what are you in danger of if you drive and smoke marijuana? That you drive too slow, right? That's probably the big danger. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that would be the joke behind it, but I'm sure there's other stuff, yeah. But but like uh, drinking, you know, people are allowed to drink to some extent and get hammered as long as they, you know, or do it semi-responsibly. But it's like people are, basically the argument being that alcohol is probably way worse for you than marijuana, but we've legalized that and only recently legalized marijuana. Still a lot of states, marijuana is illegal. So it's kind know. of it's kind of like alcohol falls into its own category where it's like we all agree. I, I don't think alcohol is worse than marijuana. <laughs> I think alcohol abused is worse than marijuana, but I wouldn't say alcohol is worse than marijuana. Why? Well, I believe that there's a lot of <clears throat> health benefits to alcohol if used in the right portion. Like a vodka soda, you think there's a health benefit to that? Sure. Yeah. What? 
Well, you and I talked about this the other day about if you go on the internet, you can prove any point you want, right? You can go and look up and find No, you can find, you can find written statements that will back your argument. Okay. Thank you. Written statements that will back my argument. And there's a lot of people that say like, coffee's bad for you. Coffee's good for you. Coffee helps with this. Doesn't help with that. Right. Same thing with alcohol. And they'll say to some extent, you know, I mean, really any alcohol has an enzyme in there that, you know, can, can help with things like heart disease and stuff. And you don't think marijuana has equal written statements online that would argue for benefits that it could have? I do not think long-term health benefits. I think it has like short-term help you relax and go to sleep benefits. And uh, I, don't, I, I think it's a pain, <clears throat> it, it, it's a pain coping medicine. Hmm. It's interesting that you brought marijuana into this. <laughs> I did not did not see that one coming. Well, I I think that I'm I'm getting it because you're asking why people start, right? And I'm telling you because I think partly social. Yeah, I think they pressure. think it's cool. Why yeah. did you start? I don't even remember why I started. Probably yeah, probably similar. Just people were socially drinking more when I was it, you know. At and when age. you say this, I, hey, hey, do you drink? Yeah. You say you yeah. Right, you what? say you do, yeah. No, I no, do. I'm I'm asking you, like, if if we're in like a social setting, and I go, hey, Aaron, do you drink? Yeah, yes. yeah, you do. Or better question, when you go to the doctor, do you? Oh my gosh, okay, that's a big one, right? Yeah, because so, I I do. I'm always like, I barely drink, but okay, one drink a month. Like, oh my gosh, he's gonna come down on me. Uh, <laughs> yes. What what is what is too much? So, well, no, let me let me rewind. When people say, hey, do you drink? And you say yes. Do you think there's a, an immediate negative or positive connotation to that? I feel like it puts you on everyone else's level because I feel like more people drink than don't. So I feel like in an average day, if somebody's like, hey, man, do you drink? They're not being like, better answer no. Otherwise, I'm going to judge you. They're more like, are you like me? You know, that's that's it. But they're not asking like, hey, man, do you get uh, wasted and forget about tomorrow? No, I don't think so. And I think that that's one of my, my issues with one of the reasons I thought this was an interesting topic is because. I've noticed a distinct difference in, uh, you know, what am I, 37 now? I sh- you You're should asking know. me? You should know. Okay. Why should I know that? I don't know, because <laughs> I made a big deal about thinking I was 36 last year. But as I get to that I don't mid-30s, right, I notice that more people, when they drink, they kind of take it too far now. Where Is I it, so do you think people drink be- for the purpose of wanting to feel a buzz? Or do you think they're drinking with like a, I like the flavor of this, or I'm drinking because there's a health benefit behind it? No, I think people drink because life is hard and I think things are stressful and I think we're going through stressful times. I think that everybody justifies drinking to some degree. Like I just want to go out and have a good time. It's like a way to be a part of something, but be doing almost nothing, right? Like you don't have to go down to the park and throw a football and run and catch you yeah. don't have to be a part of like a group. You just have to go sit at a table with friends and take yeah. A I make this I make this argument with my wife sometimes and other people. She she'll be like, "Well, why do you when you get together with some guys like you guys smoke cigars? Like, why do you do that?" And I go, "Because I'm not going to invite people over to. Hey, do you want to come around and sit around in a circle and talk? Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> that, yeah, that's so a super like a, weird thing to do. That's true. So, hey, man, do you want to come over and we'll have some cigars? That's a way of saying, hey, we're going to smoke cigars and we're going to talk. Yeah, but you take cigars out of it. Weird. But, that's <laughs> that's so true, dude. Sounds so because weird. I noticed that um, you know there's been periods of time where I didn't drink intentionally for like you know say like when I was doing Whole Thirty, and it's hard to invite people to your house when you're not going to drink because you're just like, hey man, you want to have some you want glasses of water, right? 
you want to go sit around a fire and just stare at each other and then when you're actually not <laughs> drinking because you know as well as i do like you have a couple of drinks it loosens you up you begin a little, you talk a little bit more you're a little more open things get funnier it really like gets things going and without that you it's like stone for lack of a better term no pun intended it's just sobering it's like you're just sitting there like still in reality <laughs> yeah yeah hmm. well so there's a couple things why you know i i believe it's social too i think 21 is 22 is an interesting age and it was a really hard age for me and everybody goes oh is it hard getting older 22 is my hardest age hmm. and i think it's because 21 is the last year that you get something right mm-hmm. you know when you're when you're 10, it's you're, you're in double digits. When you're 13, you're finally in the teens. When you're 15, you can now get your permit. When you're 16, you can get your license. When you're 18, you can now vote. And then when you're 21, you can drink. Yep. And then it's like, from there on out, you, you've earned everything. You've gotten all your badges, and there's nothing else to earn in life. That's true. And you go, oh, well, that kind of sucks. So 22 was tough. And then, and because they put such a limit on it, I think people go, "Oh, at twenty one, I can drink." So, I since it's I, I've been held back from it, I, I want to do that now, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think I felt like that. Everybody goes out for their twenty one. I'm not sure everybody. I don't want to, you know, not every everybody, but ninety percent of people on their twenty first birthday are going to go. Well, let's go get a drink because yeah. that's what you can do now. And I wonder if that will change a lot through time now that weed's legal and go. All right, now that you're twenty one, you want to go smoke a joint and, and i'm get curious a drink. about that too because i mean you've heard those like um studies that talk about the average millennial doesn't feel like an adult until they're like 28 or something like that and more and more kids are not sure. wanting to get their license when they turn 16 and driving doesn't matter whereas like when you and i were i think we were probably one of the last generations that seemed to really like put a huge emphasis on well my driving. son definitely was like i'm getting a yeah you know, get my license but at 16. I, I feel like he's probably more the exception to the rule now. And I kind of feel like with drinking, I mean, I think people more partake in the bar scene. They go, yeah, I got to go to a bar and drink. But a lot of younger people that I know, and this is an unfortunate statistic, they already are drinking. A lot of kids are drinking when they're like 17 in high school, hanging out, going to parties and doing stuff like that. It's like, it's not cool to them, the drinking. It's more cool that they can go to a bar now. So I want to, I just want to unpack this a little bit because I think it's good to kind of work through our feelings on it because other people might feel the same way. Do you feel like it's wrong to drink? No, I don't think it's wrong to drink at all. Um, Do you think it's wrong to get drunk? (sighs) Oh, that was a tough one for you. You really just sighed like, it is tough because I have to go like, well, where is, what what is drunk? How do you know when you're drunk? Right? Because I've been around people who as a sober person, I'm like, everybody here is drunk. But everyone there is probably like, no, we're completely fine. We're and they probably they're not acting like idiots. Not totally acting like idiots. They probably okay. feel like they have their bearings and they're not making bad decisions. They're just loose and having fun. They're just so. What what do you think that is? Like three glasses in, four glasses in. Tolerance matters, man. I don't know. <laughs> this is the other thing. Is like when you go out at twenty one, you probably go out and get a good buzz off of a strong drink. Yeah. But by the time you're twenty five, it takes maybe two, two and a half. And by the time you're thirty, if you consistently keep going, eventually, like. You have a pretty good tolerance. That's why, you know what's funny? People who are like, oh my gosh, I just love Coors or or Bud Light or whatever. And you're like, okay. But they down like 14 of them in, yeah. in like 
an hour and you're like, I don't know do, anybody do in you, Oregon who says that. Though. <laughs> do you really like it? Or are you just like, no, I can drink this and I can drink a lot of them, but I've got to drink a lot of them until I feel a buzz. Like yeah. at that point I go, I think you might just have a problem. That's like, uh, I have a friend and won't name names, but his dad, he was concerned his whole life that his dad was an alcoholic. And I said, okay, man, why do you hmm. feel your dad's an alcoholic? And he goes, cause he just has a beer in his hand all the time. And his dad had, it was always like crappy, cheap beer like, Pabst blue ribbon yeah or like um well that's cool on the east coast so. hams hams yeah. sounds gross old school or like he had budweiser and i go anybody could drink one of those all day long and not get drunk i don't think you, you have to worry about that i only drink budweiser i don't even like it i drink it on the fourth of july because i just feel like it's the american thing to do see you're a novel human being <laughs> thank you that's exactly what yeah. i'm talking about yeah i in my and what's crazy is i i buy like a 24 pack and it sits in my fridge for about four months because i can't even come close to drinking them that quickly. That's funny. My wife would look at the expiration date and be like, I can't drink this. I don't think those go bad. There's a lot of things I don't think go bad. Well, okay. So you don't, but oh, let, let's just say. What's, what's your answer to that? Well, hold on. Let's just, I'll get you my answer because I, oh, let's talk to the level first. Let's say they're a little bit past what you just described, sure. you know, and they're kind of acting like dumb and stupid to, to you as the sober person sitting in the corner being a buzzkill. Do you, are you, do you think that's wrong or do you, are you like, nah, whatever, teach his own? No, it's teach his own. I don't care. I mean, huh. this is the thing. I don't, I drink very little now because. You don't what, judge them at all? No. Wow. Well, okay. I do when it's like next level belligerent where they're like, they're clearly like their eyes are not tracing correctly. Okay. So le- it takes to level three for you to start judging them. It takes a high level of drinking before I'm like, okay. And even then I'm not judging them as like shame on you. It's more like sad, man. Like you don't Get have control together. over this, you know? Hmm. And that's where I, I think that's more coming into today. What I wanted to like dissect a little bit is like, because some of these people who I think about who drink, some of them drink a lot, some of them drink often, but they still show up to work every day and they're still pretty functional. So you go, how, why would I say they have a problem if they're still functioning in all other aspects of their life? Well, I guess it, it goes to any, um, substance abuse. Like what are you doing it for? What's the purpose? What's the, and I think you have to, and, and I have to myself go, why? Like, why am I sitting here tonight going, I want a glass of wine while I sit with Aaron and, and do this podcast. Like, what why is, am I doing that? What is your why? What is my why? I, I, well, I think it's, it's healthy to probably sit there and question it. Why do I drink wine? I really like it. I, I think it's really good. I've acquired a, a taste for it. Unfortunately, I've hung out with some people who have some good taste in wine, and, and my palate has elevated to an uncomfortable level when it comes to buying wine. But This is him self-admitting what I've been saying for the last year. But go ahead. Sorry. I don't know what you've been saying. That you're bougie. You're a one percenter. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't know what you were saying. I just didn't know which thing you were saying. So, yeah, I, I've acquired kind of a taste for it. And then it becomes like you and I sitting here. I think we started off with, you know, drinking a, a glass of wine. That's how this podcast started. I'm the only one who's carried through with it. And you're like, no, no, I'm I'm in and out. You're just like a, yeah, you're a quitter. A fair weather drinker. You're the worst. So, uh, but I also believe there's a lot of health benefits to it. I believe there's a lot of health benefits to wine in particular. If you do some studies on it and you could say maybe those studies are not good or inconclusive, but there are a lot of studies that say a glass of wine, one to two glasses of wine for men, one for women, um, are, have a lot of health benefits to it. Yeah. 
I and so because I like it and I think there's health benefits to it. Yeah. And dude, honestly, there's a lot. I don't know why, but one of the weirdest fears I have is a, getting a heart attack. I've had it since I was in college. You have weird fears. I man. really do. You have the strangest. I like- used to it, next to my bed. I had aspirin in a giant vat of grape juice and i would just be like i would chug grape juice and a vat I, of grape juice. well i don't know it was a vat, i don't even know what that is but it sounds like the inappropriate <laughs> container for grape juice <laughs> it was just like anytime i could just chug grape juice and then i had aspirin and i was like okay if i ever have a heart attack i know what to do i'm gonna chug this grape juice and down this aspirin so strange and, man. and so i drank a lot of grape juice even when i was in college and then now that i'm old enough to drink i'm like yeah i'm drinking wine what that feels like to me, though, mm-hmm. is a little bit of like not really getting to the root of it, which is like your question why people drink. And maybe for you, maybe in your odd case, you've convinced yourself like, okay, I do it mostly because I like it and it's healthy. Well, I also like to do it socially. I don't want to just, I, I will never sit by myself and drink a glass of wine. I have to be with somebody. I was hoping to enjoy it with you, especially tonight when we're talking about drinking. You uh, literally shut me down. Uh, is there a lot any lately. part of it, though, that's like, get a little bit of a buzz and like, is th- is that any part of the motivation to you? Does no. That- and I, and I would say that is not a good motivation. I don't agree with that. Do you feel like that's normal though? That do you feel like more people, if you surveyed would be like, absolutely. Cause I get a buzz. Yeah. Yeah. I've even served. I even asked some people like cigars, which I don't get this with cigars. I just get like a gross taste in my mouth, but I said, Hey, why do you smoke cigars? And I was really pressing somebody one time and, and they're like, well, it's it's because you get a little bit of a buzz. Yeah, I and hear I, that a lot. And I was like, really? You do from from cigars? Oh, interesting. So I don't know that that is a good reason to do it. I think relaxing people, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get conversationally if somebody's over and we're going to sit around and we're going to drink some wine and they do tend to relax a little bit. I like that. I do like that. Yeah, well, I, I don't... It's a really fine line. Holy cow. It really is. And like, I guess the question would be, is there anything wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with the person? Like, I'll be the first person to admit, be like, I I drink partially when I'm in those settings. And I'm like, I'll get a little bit of a buzz. It'll lighten me up. I'll come out of my shell. I'll talk more. I think buzz has a negative connotation to it. But yeah. I mean, there's so there's a scripture that, you know, Jesus talks about drinking. I mean, Jesus drinks wine. He turns water into wine. It's his first ever miracle and recorded, I think, in only one of the Gospels. And it's a pretty big deal the way that he does it. I mean, he turns water into not just crappy wine, some of the best wine at a wedding. And everybody says how good the wine is. Hmm. And he talks about wine a lot because it's something that's very common in the culture. And then, but he makes mention, we shouldn't get drunk. And he talks about that there. And you can interpret that as like, he he's advising against it because it's just not good motivation to drink. Or you could look at it as going... He knows what we would do. He knows that it impairs your judgment. You act like an idiot. You're, you know, there's a lot of bad things that come from it. So I I feel like if we take a lot of what I do in my life, I take a lot of direction from the scripture and you go, okay, well, clearly there's a health benefit to wine and there's a social aspect. I mean, Jesus met in people's homes all the time and there was usually food involved. So if we're going to meet with people, there needs to be a reason food or wine that's the reason, but then we have to be careful how we do it. Hmm. And <clears throat> I'm not saying I can't fall victim to, you know, drinking too much and going, Oh, I probably shouldn't have had that fourth or fifth glass. Yeah. Right. Um, cause <clears throat> excuse me, it's really easy 
once you start drinking to just keep going if you're having a good time? So how do you, I guess that's a good question too, is, and I think you kind of already asked it, like, how do you know when you've had too much? Like if you had to draw a line, how do you, how do you tell someone like, Hey man, you go too far too often. Yeah, that's great. I think uh, it helps when you have good friends and a spouse that are willing to tell you that. And then you have to be open to listening. Yeah. Cause I've had that. I've had a few people go, Hey, you know, you really need to watch yourself. Not, not that I've acted like an idiot, but you know, in certain settings, if I'm with my wife, you know, who cares if I'm in a work setting, I probably need to really watch myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I don't want to act like an idiot in front of, yeah, you know, some of those people. So what do you, do you, do you feel like, uh, that answer that you, cause you mentioned scripture, mm-hmm. you said that is one of your motivations is you, you know, your life is dictated a lot by the Bible scripture and your belief. And you apply that to drinking just like you do with other things. But that obviously doesn't apply to too many people who drink. I don't yeah. think I don't think most people consider anything about the Bible when they're drinking, right? So, yeah, it doesn't sound like something somebody would go to. So, so to yeah. the people who don't consider that at all, what what would be your your advice for them? Well, and and I'm gonna look. I would say to those people, like what I just said is kind of a guideline. You know, I know people look at scripture very differently than probably I do, but there's a lot of things in scripture that kind of outline how to live a healthy, good life. Mm-hmm. If you just, even if you wanted to take believing in God out of it, if you want to take that out of it and just go, I want to read it as if it's a way to live a good life. There's a lot of really good things in there because I mean, even I think it was the book of Leviticus. It talks about like why we shouldn't eat certain animals back then. Cause we didn't have ways to clean them and, and it wasn't sanitary. And then now, you know, we can eat any animal, but that's because technology has changed and, mm-hmm. and we can. So there's a lot of things in there that just say, Hey, this is a way to live a, a good life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it as there's some divine stuff in the scripture, but if you're not going to take it that way, that's fine. Just there. I think you could take it as, Hey, this is more healthy. Mm-hmm. Like if, there's nothing healthy about getting drunk. Mm-hmm. You talk to a doctor, he's not going to say, Oh yeah, this is good for you to, mm-hmm. to drink too much. Yeah. Never will you hear that. Almost you're going to say, they're going to say, how much do you drink? And you're going to say, you're going to be embarrassed if you say one to two glasses. Right. Yeah. And he might say, you know, one to two glasses for an adult male is okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good answer. I, I think, cause as you're talking through it, I go, I don't disagree with you, but I am wondering how I would formulate that to somebody who, like I said, didn't read the Bible or didn't care and didn't feel that way. And I do agree with you. I think similar to everyone else, I don't know that I would say I would live my life necessarily by scripture and go, Oh, I, you know, I believe that there's like a divine entity in the sky and that that's what I should dictate my life around. But I do think some of the things that Christianity brings to the table, that sounded really harsh on Christianity, but it didn't sound that harsh. Actually, it just sounded like you have some doubt there that needs to be filled in later. Probably. that that's I'll, I'll give you that. But I think one of the things I take away from what I've learned about the Bible and Christianity in general that I really glean a lot from that I think applies to those people, even if they don't read the Bible, is the Bible is rife with the idea of giving up something now for something better in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like behaving, like whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God, you can behave like God exists if you're willing to sort of give up some something positive now for something better in the future, and that promise of something better in the future. And I think one of the things that I think about with the people who I'm envisioning with alcohol and where you're going, is it an issue? Is it not? How do I talk them out of it? Is it's very difficult to drink excessively 
and also achieve what you want in life. Like, will you be able to show up to work? Sure. Will you be able to thrive at work? Don't know. Right. Will you be able to be a husband the next day or a wife? But will you be able to be the best version of yourself? Will you be the best dad you can be, the best mom you can be? Um, and your health. I mean, that's a big one where you talked about health. And I go, most people I know that drink excessively, one of the biggest things that I notice is the next day, even if they're not hungover, they're super tired. Mm-hmm. They tend to eat way worse when they get drunk, right? Because you yeah. just get this weird... Typically, people that drink a lot, aren't they don't look healthy, right? right? And it's not that they couldn't be if they simply just cut drinking out because they would probably eat healthier and be more conscious and be more aware and be more present. So that's, I think that's the biggest thing that I'm realizing that I go, yeah, you can drink, I guess. And I'm not judging you for drinking and maybe you don't have a problem, but don't you want more out of your life? Don't you want to thrive in other areas? Because I think to some degree, I think these people show up to a bar, say they meet up with a group of friends. That's fun. You all get kind of drunk. That makes it even more fun. And you're sort of like partaking in the max amount of fun right then and there, but it makes the next day like 50% less fun. So it's like you're choosing to cash out on all the fun in that exact moment at the expense of it in the future. Yeah. And this is something I'm wrestling with right now because, you know, I'm, I can be a, you know, let's go hang out. I'll have a beer, you know, and, and then go home or whatever. There's been lots of get togethers like that. Like, Hey, you want to go to this place after work? I'll show up, have a beer and leave. And, and I could enjoy a, a good IPA. I really like IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do not feel good after them. And as of lately, I feel like it's getting worse mm-hmm. and I, I just don't, I can't drink beer right now. It just hurts me too bad. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm staying, I don't want hard liquor. I've, I've rendered myself to go. I don't, want to drink anything other than I, I like wine mm-hmm. and that's what I want to drink. And I'm, and I'm not going to drink too much cause I, I just want to feel good. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody invites me to go to a bar and I know you and I talked about this, like it's, it sounds kind of weird if you go to a bar and be like, Hey, can I have the Cabernet please? Right. Right. And they're like, uh, okay. And usually bar wine isn't very good. Right. And the bar crowd is going to probably not be drinking wine. So they're going to be judging you a little bit. Like, they, and they already are everybody. Yeah. I, I talked about when we went camping and then this happens at other social events when we go places and they have drinks and I go, yes, can I please have the, uh, glass of red wine, whatever the red wine is. And everybody looks at me like, oh my gosh, Marshall, the Give snob. anything from 98. <laughs> 98. Well, Okay. Um, yeah. And, and, and so then I, I, I just have to go, I don't care what they think because I don't want to feel like crap. I just don't. Mm -hmm. And, and I also, um, I, I look at it. It's weird. There's certain people that, uh, like Jennifer Lopez, Donald Trump are the only two I can think of right now, but they don't drink. Right. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump seems like a very active decently healthy man doesn't and, and, he and, yes and, and, and got Jennifer- over covid very quickly and did you see that picture of him recently where it's like he seems like he's going in like reverse aging he's like somebody said that because they show other presidents that came out of it and then jennifer lopez like she just looks so good for being 50 something yeah and, and my wife always gives me a hard time for liking him I, I just think she's a very pretty lady and you know it's the one excused woman i like to think that is is pretty in my marriage um not that i would ever cheat on her if for some reason, Jennifer Lopez was in. Felt like me. it goes without saying, but yeah. thanks um, for clarifying. Okay. Well, anyway, she, uh, you know, people go, well, how does she stay so pretty at being that age? And they're like, I heard she just doesn't drink. And you go, okay, well, there's something to that. Yeah. But that, it's like, you have to make that decision earlier on in your life yeah. to go, I'm not going to drink. 
and you get to a certain stage and you go, well, I'm already 45, so and I've already drank this long. I already look old. I might as well just keep going. But, but is it too late to kind of stop and, and cleanse your body? It probably. I mean, if you're trying to look youthful, it probably is too late for that. But I don't know. I don't think it's ever too late. I think that, um, you know, it's funny that you sit here and you say you've made these decisions. Because I do. I remember times when, I mean, I think during my... Right before I was married, I don't know what we would call it, our my bachelor get together at your garage. Um, we had whiskey and we drank that. So you oh were, right, that was because you weren't having a bachelor party, right? And I said come over, and you reluctantly did. You did, and I had won this bottle of whiskey at an auction I was at. Right? Yeah. Oh, that was the worst. So that didn't even taste good. Right. So we drank the whiskey, and and that's the last time I really remember you drinking like a hard alcohol. I think I even when we started this podcast a year ago, I brought a bottle of vodka, and I don't think we ever even drank it. No, I, it stayed in my freezer. I don't. I don't drink it. Yeah. I don't drink and then, vodka. And then you. So it's interesting to hear that you have sort of like intentionally been like, okay, I'm done with beer. I think I'm done with hard alcohol. I'm going to stick to the wine mm-hmm. because you give me such a hard time. For choosing not to drink, because I feel like I'm an advanced version of you in this realm. Wow. That's, I go, hey, I... That I is really putting yourself on a pedestal. I do not think you're that... You I know. recognized early earlier that it was getting in the way of some of my other goals and my other... Like, do I want to have a drink? Sure. Sometimes I do, but I'm like, no, thank you. I'm trying to elevate more. your lifestyle by going, hey, man, get into good wine, and I can get you there. I promise you. <laughs> I bet you I could. Can. And if I ever want to, which, well, now that my ultra marathon's over, I'm much more inclined to, because I'm like, well, who cares, right? Yeah, so what's but, the, what what's stopping you to not, you know what you're doing is you're making me over drink, because I got this whole bottle over here. I'm not going to drink it all, because you are. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be coherent yourself. during this podcast. You sound like my roommate right now. But, but I, I just want to share it with you. I'll share it with my wife well, later. Well, I, I think that it comes and goes, like you said, for me, it comes and goes. I'm not saying I'm storing it off forever. Um. I probably will if I get back into any level of drinking. It'll be like wine or something small because for the most part, I could drink a glass of wine and I'll feel fine the next day. But what I've noticed is I hate any level of feeling off the next day. If I wake up and I feel any level of like a headache or dehydration, I just, I go, "Eh, wasn't worth it. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to make sure, uh, I I asked you some questions earlier and I want to make sure I, there, there was a lot of things that came to my mind. When did you stop drinking beer, by the way? Or... I know you drink it on the 4th of July. Well, <laughs> and you know what's funny? Um, so Budweiser, I think Budweiser is made from rice, not yeah, grain. Weird. Yeah, not grain. Not like a, a wheat. Mm-hmm. And, and rice affects me differently than wheat. And so that's another reason why I kind of go to it. Um, it's not a, like if it, it's not a hard and fast rule. Sure. I could have a beer tomorrow. I just will feel like crap. It's kind of like, Hey, can I eat a lot of sugar tonight? Yeah. I'll just feel like crap. That's kind of my, whatever disease that I have makes me feel that way. And what, what's nice about it is it kind of makes you evaluate, like, why do you do things? Like, why do you eat crappy food? Why do you drink? Have you ever been with somebody and you're drinking and you're like, Hey, you want to drink? And they're like, no, I've been sober for 10 years. And you're like, Mm. Oh, I feel like an idiot Mm -hmm. now. And then you feel immediately uncomfortable and then you're like, okay, I'm not going to drink in front of you. We we have a mutual friend yeah. that that is like that. And then I'm like, okay, how should I act in front of them? And they're fine. They're like, no, you do it. You're fine. It doesn't affect me. But then you go, okay, well, clearly people have a problem. Yeah. Right. I don't have an addictive personality, so I wouldn't have a problem with it. But then why, again, why do I do it? 
Mm-hmm. What is the purpose of doing it? And I think if everybody sat down and, and just thought about it and goes, okay, you know what? I like mixed drinks because they taste good. I like uh, uh, beer because it tastes good. I like wine because it tastes good. If that was really, if, if that was the only reason, I mean, we think juice and soda taste good, but we don't down like four Dr. Peppers, right? Yeah. Again, I, I think that's a minuscule part of it. I think that most people do it to get drunk. Or to get... That's why they do it. But no, who would want to admit that? Do you think people would willingly admit that? I think they would put their own spin on it, but I think people would be more honest than... I don't think that many people are embarrassed to be like... No, I drink to get drunk. Yeah. I think they put their own spin... They don't say it that directly, but I don't think people are that embarrassed. I'm going to start like, putting that on people. When, they, when they're when they drinking, I'm like, are you drinking to get drunk? Yeah. Drinking to get a buzzed. <laughs> Elevate my mind. Feel better. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, are you just doing drugs? Are you hardcore drug user? Which, is that which what you is, are? You know, if you think about it, it's kind of strange because people do things throughout their life in their day to day, all day, every day to make themselves feel better. I mean, you take a hot bath because it could relieve pain and make you feel better. And, you know, you go, I don't know, there's just certain things you do that you go, well, why is it that much different? Yeah. I always think if I was a homeless person, specifically in Oregon or another colder climate, I'd be a drinker or probably a drug user. You know how cold it is out here? Yeah, that's true. It is really cold. It got really cold really quick this year. Yeah, it's fall really quickly. But I go, yeah, I could see why a lot of homeless people are substance abuse users because it it warms you up, it makes you feel good, and you have nothing else. But I mean, if you're a if you have a home and you have people who love you, why do you feel the need to do that? Well, here's a question: How do you intervene on somebody if you go? I really think. Or when do you intervene? Or when? Yeah. How do you know? Like, what is the metric where you go? Okay, I think you. Again, this, let's say this person drinks excessively by your standards, which is subjective, but they it's not, are functional. It's not subjective. If they say, oh, I got to have a beer while I'm in the shower, you, you have a conversation with them. It's your, it's your opinion, man. Is it really? It's all you spew as opinions. I'm, I'm sorry, but in a shower, you just need to be talked to at that point in time. 9 a.m. in the morning, my shower, I like a beer. Who are you to judge me? <laughs> 9, a, 9 a.m. in the shower. Yeah, that's... Because I think that's something that I look at and I go, I don't know, man. It's hard because, you know, you mentioned our mutual friend who self-admits. He's like, I can't, I, I'm an alcoholic. I drink too much. Um, but other than that specific case where they either diagnose themselves or they're like that legit level, like have to have a drink at 9 a.m. in the morning, which is obvious. There's like a whole gray scale in between of people who drink and you go, I think you might have a problem. But I think you have to identify if it's a problem because we can disagree with people getting drunk. Like that's probably not a good thing for your lifestyle. Right. But like you said, if it's not interfering with their everyday life, then they're not going to see a problem with it. Right. Right. So you have to identify a problem where it's interfering with their everyday life. So let's say you talk to this person and they go, well, Hey man, I show up to work every day and I do a pretty good job and you know, my relationship's fine. And, 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 and you try to put it on them that, Hey man, you're not living your best life. And they go, I'm living my life though. It's fine. How do you, what, what's the next step? How do you escalate it and go, no, man, I really think you need to stop because I can think of a person or a couple people. <laughs> I can think of a person or a couple people okay. who I think, you know, stopping drinking altogether would be the best thing for Why? them. So what would, what would be better for them? The things I just outlined, I mean, I think that they would eat better. I think it would regulate their sleep better. Who cares if they eat better? I think what what is that doing for them? Sleeping better? Eating better. What is that doing for them? Makes you healthier. I know, but I'm sorry. Are they unhealthy right now? 
I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that if you eat poorly, you sleep poorly, and you overdrink, you're probably not a healthy person. Okay, but is them being unhealthy, how's that affecting them? Because you're going to die sooner. Okay, and but and like you're also probably in some level of discomfort. You wouldn't have to be if you were just a healthy person. Yeah, right. And but also, who, but who cares if they die? I mean, do they care if they're dying sooner? I would assume so. Again, Why? I can't. Why get would in you head. assume that? Why would I assume somebody doesn't want to die sooner? I mean, what, what, what's a decent? Because there's age other to ways at? to die sooner. If you want to die sooner, you don't have to just drink yourself silly. Well, I mean, they're not trying to actively kill themselves, but they're going to your point. I'm but living how's my, it different? To I'm living my best not life. Try actively and just behave poorly passively because i'm enjoying my life currently i'm not going to worry about saving five years down the road if i can enjoy my life now well i guess in that if if it's a person who literally says i am more interested in the here and now and i don't care if i die five years earlier or ten years earlier don't care if i sacrifice why do you care why do you care about the here and now I care about the here and i actually care about the future a lot more this is one thing my wife criticizes okay why do you care about the future because I think that one of the things people fall into when they get older is regret. And I think well, you can't get time back. Like they say, well, I've told you before that. Yeah, you can't. I, I've told you before that one of the most common traits in rich people is that they're old, right? And something Jordan Peterson likes to say is ask an old person if they'd rather have all their money or be young again. And every single old person who's rich, mostly, would choose to be young again because you can get money again, right? And so similarly, I feel like I'm trying not to live in regret. I'm trying not to be an old person and go, I should have been better to my wife. I should have had another kid, had more kids. I should have been better to my kids. I should have been better to my family, should have been better to myself. Maybe I'm 65 and I'm on my deathbed and I'm living in total regret at that point because of the decisions I made when I was 25 or 35. This is what I'm doing. I'm negotiating with future Aaron. Always negotiating. Always negotiating. Aaron. Yeah. I, I feel like unless you ha- feel like you have a purpose in life, you're not really caring about future, Aaron. True, but I could argue that drinking fogs your ability to to, to obtain a purpose. You, you're medicating yourself in the here and now to basically um, numb away the aches and pains of the day, and in order you're self medicating. That, that's what drinking is. Yeah, to you. I mean, I think if there's a line where it's recreational and there's a line where it's like you're this is a crutch to you it does seem weird i mean if i'm analyzing drinking it is it is not the most flavorful i mean if you're drinking why wouldn't you just drink non-alcoholic you know uh uh, mimosas or right um you know whatever those fruity cocktails are you know and why is it you can't sit around a campfire with your friends with just another kind of drink like, like what? Like Kool-Aid? Like Kool-Aid or Gatorade. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's something socially, there, there's something in our social construct that has built built that into us, right? Yeah. So I'll go back to my question. How do you talk to somebody who you feel like might be taking it too far if they don't if they don't seem to care? There, there's the initial where you're like, hey, man, I think you drink too much. You got a little drunk last night. I've seen you do this a few times. You're kind of mean to your wife or your boyfriend or whatever. Okay, they don't listen, though. Then what do you do? Do you escalate even further? I mean, do you do an intervention where you and your whole family sit around? I've never and- done an intervention. I've loved, I'd love to be a part of an intervention someday. That surprises me. That I've never been... I, I Listen, I've called people out on their crap, and I've been the only person in the room where everybody kind of just shies away from it, but I've never been a part of like a group intervention. Hmm. I've been a part of a lot of conversations and a lot of one-on-ones where you've called people out on, hey, I think this is a problem. But... A lot of, 
I think you have to recognize if somebody's willing or there's a desire in their life to want to change or want to be better. And if you say, Hey, you have a drinking problem. They're going, so what, who cares? What does that affect? Well, it affects your health. And they're like, so what, who cares? I don't care about my health. There has to be some, some commonality that they go. I find value in, in whatever, whether it's their future or, or, uh, or their family. You so know? you have to put some onus on them to want to, to have the, the want. Yeah, the otherwise why would they, why would they care? Okay. So, Here's another question. How do you choose when and where to disengage with people where you go, okay, man, I've tried to help you and you clearly, there's no follow through or no desire. Well, I think that's a very healthy thing to learn in life. Not just, not just in that aspect, but I think as you get older and you go, okay, these are the people I'm going to choose to hang out with. And these are the people I'm going to choose not to hang out with. These are the people that when I, when we go out, they drink too much and then I drink a lot with them. I need to not associate with those people or, um, you know, these are the people that when we do hang out, maybe, maybe you're the, the poor influence on them or maybe, um, just other behaviors aside from drinking. You learn that as you get older, right. Mm -hmm. On what, like what your friends are and and what you're trying to get out of them. Mm -hmm. Get out of them sounds terrible, but what you're imparting on them and what they're imparting on you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I think that you use discernment more when you're, as you get older. And I think part of wrecking, you know, part of like everyone negotiates with them future, their future self, whether they, well, you not. probably do it more than anybody. I probably am just more open and aware of it that that's what I'm doing. I probably get to that quicker in my head where I go, Oh, I'm negotiating with future me. Yeah, People do that a lot, I think. But yeah. Cause I mean, I, what, what's interesting, you know, if I, rewound back to my childhood. I don't remember my parents drinking much. Yeah. I really don't. I think I drink probably a lot more than they did. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I drink unhealthily, if that's the right way to say that. It's not. Sure. Close. Um, but I but I also feel like I drink responsibly. I like the health aspects that I feel like we've learned over time, that there are some really good things to drinking wine in particular. And so... I've carried that and go, yeah, I kind of want to. I mean, I have a really good friend who's like, you know, our, it runs in my family that I have heart issues and my doctor recommends a, a glass of wine a night. Mm-hmm. And I go, yeah, that I, I can see the health benefit to that. And so that, if there's a reason and a purpose behind it, but if I'm going to sit back and somebody's going to accuse me, if you were going to go, Marshall, really the only reason to drink is to get drunk. I would really have to question whether I want to keep doing that or not. Yeah. Cause I don't want to be looked at that way. Yeah. And I, I think that you are analyzing it from a standpoint, you know, the health standpoint, I think very few people would die on the hill that I'm doing it for my health. Right. And and that's a very you thing to do. Well, if you were going to equate it to marijuana, why would you do marijuana? Because I, uh, let me go back. I would argue that you maybe to a higher degree think about the health aspects of wine, but I think you are a lot more like everyone else than you're letting on, which is, you know, you get a little bit of a elevation in your mood when you drink. And are that, you saying I, I'm being deceptive? I think that that's a, uh, I think that's a bigger driving factor than maybe you even have acknowledged in your own head. Well, probably and, that's why I'm so much better at this podcast than you are mm-hmm. because I start to get more you're drunk. Re- <laughs> <laughs> oh, sir. Uh, no, because I start to get more relaxed and I can be more open where you're over um, there when like, 
was ready for bed. Actually, alcohol makes me tired, so I'm actually less tired when I'm not No, there's no freaking way, man. You're always over there. You don't know my life, dude. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You're always over there yawning. You're drinking your bubbly. You're like always like burping in the middle. Drinking bubbly and sounds like I'm drinking champ, like I'm popping a bottle of champagne. It's like a rap term. Okay, buble. You're drinking the buble. It's like oh, the lacroix. Soda water, seltzer water, seltzer water. Wow, that's, that's such an old person term. Yeah, I can't believe how like like radical, po- radically popular sparkling water got. Oh, dude, it's insane. But you know what? It kind of makes sense because. Don't do you feel like the health trending the trendiness of health has taken off in the last like decade? Oh yeah, for it, sure. Or do you feel like maybe we just think that because we've come into our own in the last decade? I don't know. Because I don't I I, I, never I know. hate that because that's always true. You're like as you get older you you're more hypersensitive to things that you weren't when you were younger and then you go, "Okay, is this a thing or has this always been there? I just wasn't at that age yet." Right? Yeah, cuz I know that like I know for a fact that like jogging wasn't always a thing, you know. So jogging's I, always been a thing. As long as humans can move their legs, jogging has always, always been, been a, thing. a thing. But like jogging for health, I don't know. I mean, there's What's and, the difference between and, like, jogging and running? CrossFit hasn't been around i mean jogging is just a creative term for women who run with strollers wow sexist no accurate okay but i i do wonder that because i feel like health has become on everyone's like conscience in the last 10 years a lot more it's like all over social media um there's way more influencers you know people who are like do you you, health influencers yeah that's true you saw that uh dove commercial for uh shampoo I don't know if you've ever seen this. Hold on. Corona. Um, there's a Dove commercial for shampoo, and it says plant-based. Mm. And, and it's really marketed towards men, and it's, like, made out of plant-based products. And hmm. I'm going, as a male, I don't care. And then yeah. I was also thinking, wow, Dove, you're missing the mark. Which, maybe it's working because it's getting in my head, and I'm, like, now thinking about Dove. But then I'm going... Why do I, what was it made out of before if it wasn't made out of plants? Right. What what were we cleaning ourselves with? Chemicals. I actually But just, where did the chemicals come from? I don't know. That's a good question. Synthesized in a laboratory. Yeah, cleaning ourselves with moon rocks. I think um, I listened to a podcast recently and they were talking about how uh test like lower lower testosterone and hormonal issues in really men and women, but men more because they need testosterone is becoming a bigger and bigger thing because, uh, well, a lot of things. We drink out of primarily plastic. Apparently that is a big issue mm. with like your hormones. Plastic bottles. And a lot of bathroom products have chemicals in them. Like, have you ever noticed, you probably haven't noticed this. I've noticed it more maybe because I listen to this podcast, but like it says paraffin free. Like, Oh, I've heard of paraffin, yeah. Yeah, like paraffin free. Like I noticed my shampoo says paraffin free. I never noticed that before. But those have become a big thing on people's conscience who are trying to be healthy and they go, oh, I don't want paraffins in my lotion or my... Paraffins. Yeah. I don't even know what it's, that... I don't even know what those It's kind of like MSG in Chinese food, right? Yeah. Like all of a sudden you're like, I don't know what it is, but it's not good because enough people said it wasn't good. Can't do it anymore. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well... I don't know. It's interesting you take health as the thing because I, I do question a little bit. Like, do you really think about health when you're just popping a bottle? Um, what I'm saying to you is health is the justifiable reason why. So I'm you're a saying wine if you had if you were a lawyer in court and you had to prove your case, that's the defense you would use. Sure, if you want to word it that weirdly. I would say that Because I guess what I was looking for is more like uh yeah, it elevates my mood, man, and I like the taste. Okay, I could say that as well. But 
I would really have to like internally wrestle with this because I, it, when we talked about, Hey, let's, let's talk about drinking. I go, man, there's really no reason for me to order a margarita unless I really like the flavor, which I happen to. Okay. Um, but if I'm going to order, like, why would I take a shot of Jaeger or a shot of vodka, which I don't do, but why would I take that? It tastes not good. It tastes like garbage. Mm-hmm. The only reason I would take that is because I have an intention of my altering my mind. Right. Yeah. That's the only reason. So you, uh, I don't know that screensaver. It's fine. Up. Okay. Uh, I guess my thing is, is I do, I do agree that most people are drinking to get drunk less. Nobody cares about the health aspects of things, but it's interesting because as we exposed earlier, you don't think I'm a good Christian now, or maybe a Christian at all, but we know you are because you're the theologian in the group. And I'm very curious from your perspective, because you admit... I appreciate that you say we know I am... Because uh, you tell us. Because I tell you, yes. <laughs> I'm one of those prophets that yes. just walks around. But with, you are a yeah. person who you've, you've said it. You're like, hey, I've gotten drunk before. I've had too many drinks. I've had people talk to me and say, hey, man, like last night you had too many. How do you align that with Christianity? Because you just got through telling us that like the Bible states clearly, A, don't get drunk, and B, like this is something to enjoy, but not in excess. Um, I mean, is that just something where you just ask for forgiveness later or is this, uh, no, I don't, I, I, <laughs> I don't love that. Okay. I don't love intentionally sinning, uh, knowing that you can just ask for forgiveness later. That's a, uh, that's a little beef I'd have with Catholicism maybe. Um, and, and some people that listen to this would be like, well, that's not how we believe. So don't throw stones at me. Um, we could, we can, uh, <laughs> We can parcel that out in a later episode, but no, I, I do, I do have to wrestle with that myself because you go, okay, it's kind of like, um, if you choose to live a certain way, you have to ride a fine line. Mm -hmm. And when you are living in a secular world and you're choosing to live a Christian lifestyle with secular behaviors, there is a it is a tight rope. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it is a tight rope on the language that we use. It is a tight rope on the, um, way that we behave with others, the way that we interact, the way that we give, the way that we, uh, give back to our community, the way that we interact with strangers, the way that we interact with our friends. And it also plays the way we consume, uh, any kind of thing inside of our body, which is the temple of God. Right. Mm -hmm. So you could isolate it down to, alcohol, but it's, you could argue when I use the term frick instead of the F word, the intention behind the F word is what, and the intention behind using frick or the intention behind darn it versus the other word, you know, some people might argue that they might be one and the same because of where your heart is. I know it's not the perfect analogy, but I'm just saying when you're living, you're trying to live a Christian life in a secular world, it's a tightrope mm-hmm. and you go, okay, I, I don't believe alcohol is wrong, but if I choose to partake in it, I'm running a really fine line on my intentions. If my intentions are, I want to get drunk. I'm starting off on the wrong foot. If my intentions are, I want to be in a social gathering, Aaron, I'd really like to get together with you and your wife, us get together Let's talk, let's have, you know, a social get together and let's drink some wine so we can feel like we're doing something together. Mm -hmm. And maybe we feel a little relaxed during that time. 
I don't see anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Now the fine line is what's too much? Three glasses, yeah. four glasses. And I have to question my intentions at that point. And then really understanding, can I stop? Cause that's the biggest thing. Can you put a stopping point on it? Mm-hmm. Can you go, okay, well between the four of us, we finished off a bottle. Let's be good. But what usually happens? Yeah. More. You go, let's pop open another one. We're feeling great. Yeah. Right. Which is one of the issues that I've had with drinking. Like when I was in college is that I would go out and I would have one or two and then that would turn into three or four. Right. And it was just like, I would negotiate with myself and go, okay, just go out and have a drink with your friends and then just leave. Like they're all going to stay late. I know that you got to be strong enough to get up and walk out. But then what I found is I'm strong enough to get up and walk out, but I don't really want to. Once I've had one, I'm like, well, give me another one, man. And then you just yeah, get what's, having, the, what's the harm in it? Music's playing, you're having fun, you're talking, and then you're just like, eh. People are trying to justify it. Yeah. And yeah, I think if you can set some ground rules for yourself, and maybe this is something I'm learning late in life, you know, where you go, okay, you know what? Um, one, one glass is fine when I'm out. After work, somebody says, hey, let's go get something. One glass, that's it. That's my limit. There's my guideline. You know, when, when you and Lynn come over and me and and, and Rachel are hanging out with you guys and we go, hey, let's share a bottle. There we go. We'll end there. Mm-hmm. And then if uh, if it's me and Rachel and we're hanging out and just us because it's in the privacy of our own home and it's just us two and and we have whatever we decide, you know, there's there's a guideline. You know, you just kind of have to set those before you. Yeah. Before you get into the situations, but nobody's really that intentional. And if there are people that are in that intentional, it's a very minuscule percentage. Yeah. And the question is, are you willing to like kind of put some parameters on it? Well, and I think you have to be willing to take the heat for drawing an arbitrary line. Like why not one more? Who cares? You're not drunk. Like why not just have one more? Like there's, there's a level of arbitrariness to it that you'll take some heat for because people go like, why did you draw the line there? And to some degree, there is no real reason other than you just know there's a certain point that you don't want to go past and maybe arbitrary, but that's your decision. Um, I, I do think though, you know, sort of getting back to my real intent with the conversation is if you know somebody who sort of refuses to change, right? Maybe they overdrink, but they go, they justify it later. They go, that's, eh, I'm, I'm the only one dealing with the consequence, not hurting anybody. Right. I feel hung over the next day and maybe my relationship suffer a little bit. Like how do you get through to somebody like that? And if you've had those conversations where you go, Hey man, or woman, this is what you're missing out on. <laughs> hey man, or woman, it's probably a man. <laughs> <laughs> we can't be sure, but we're all sure. Yeah. Uh, this is what you're missing out on. You try to draw to their attention, the health aspects that they're missing out. You eat like crap. You're becoming a little bit overweight. You're hungover all the time. You're not as bubbly and jovial with your you know, family members and your friends. And if they don't care, what do you, I mean, how do you, what do you do then? I mean, they're not drinking to the point where you literally go on the show intervention and be like, this dude drinks it from nine o'clock in the morning until, you know, all night. So there's a certain arbitrary line where you're like, just feels like you do it too much. I don't know what to tell you, man. It just feels like you're doing it too much. Well, I think you as a friend then have to find, you have to go back to what was good about them before this time. Yeah. So if you could rewind three years and say, hey, this is how you used to be. And this is what I really miss about you. And this is what I'd like to get back to. Yeah. Uh, it's, It's tough if you're just talking about what potentially could be. Yeah. Because, hey, potentially, Aaron, you could lose 30 pounds. Potentially, you could hang out with 
you know, me and my wife more. Potentially, we could be closer if you just did this. But if I could say, identify a point in time where I said, hey, man, remember three years ago when you weren't doing this? You looked a lot better. You were way more fun to hang out with. Holy crap, we all laughed at your jokes mm-hmm. and they were funny. You know, I mean, yeah. if I could if I could point back to a time, I think that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's a, that's a good approach. I also think people, it's something nostalgic about it because I think people, when you start to drink, when you're, say, well, yeah, if you're 21 legally, when you start to drink, there's usually good times associated with that. And when you're younger and you, you, you don't feel anything as much, you recover quicker and mm-hmm. you're healthier and you're just younger and more resilient, it's always just a good time. There's way more good than there is bad. Well, even if there is a bad time, there's a story behind it, right? Yeah. So and it's you, like, oh my gosh, I was so plastered and yeah. I can't believe I did this. But everybody's excited that they had a story to tell. Right. And as you get older, it becomes a little bit of like chasing the past a little bit where you go, oh, it just, you want it to be the way it used to be, but it isn't because the older you get, the harder it hits you. Yeah. And it just looks bad. Like, if, I don't know. I feel like I probably go to divier bars than you when I go because you're a one percenter, but I <laughs> go, I go to this one particular bar when I go out cause it's local in my neighborhood and this is where we meet up and I look around and I go, there's a lot of like old people here. They're just, they look and I see them every time I'm in there and I go, it's like, they're just regulars here all the time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad looking a little bit where you're like, dang man, like don't you have like kids or a family you'd be hanging out with, but you're just drinking here every night and you feel like they're kind of like maybe chasing something from the past a little bit or like, I don't know, some some sad about it. Do you feel like there's something missing? Like, what would fill that void if you go, "Hey, let's get together for another reason"? It's it's tough, right? Because you go, "Hey, what's the other reason to go out? Let's go get some drinks together." Yeah. What what is the other reason? Let's go. What? I, the only thing I can compare it to would be food. Let's go get some food together. I think people get excited it's about a date. good food. Yeah, that's true. Let's go on a date, but it drinks a date too. Okay, fine. But let's, yeah, you're right. Okay, but let's go get food together. It's just like a, one, it's a bigger commitment. Two, it's not always available as late at night. You can't right? talk as easily when you're eating. Right. Yeah. That's so true. what What are the alternatives for us people who don't want to, you know, if you're trying to get past that environment and go, okay, I don't always want to be drinking. I don't always want to just be, that's the right. thing that and, and if I want to hang out with my friends three times a week... I don't want to be drinking three times a week. Right? Let's go smoke marijuana. Let's, go, let's do cocaine. <laughs> no, that's not legal, well, sir. Up the ante. Okay. Yet, well, well, I mean, it's well, a small, it, it's it, a small it, fine. It is legal, actually. It's not legal. It's just a small fine that you may or may not have to pay. Uh, I never not, done cocaine, but if if that was the alternative to drinking, I'd probably still take drinking. Uh, it scares the crap out of me. Okay, marijuana is probably not a good one either because. Who says, "Hey, let's go hang out and smoke marijuana"? Maybe I, people do. I don't. I I think it's just different. Like it's a different substance. Like you're right. People don't go, "Hey, man, you want to come over and just smoke some weed with me?" Like that's still not a thing. Right. So it's like, "Hey, do you want to come around smoke some cigars or do you want to have some drinks?" Right. Yes. People say, "Do you want to do that?" What's the alternative, man? There, I don't there know. has to be an alternative. I think the reason there is no alternative is because I think that the mood elevating quality, that's what I'll call it. I won't call it a buzz or getting drunk. The mood of ele- elevating quality is really what people look forward to. And mm-hmm. I think I would go, yeah, man, I'll come over to your house because I'm just sitting here alone, stone sober, watching TV. Yeah, I'll come over to your house, elevate my mood, have a friend to talk to, which I'll be more talkative once I have a drink. So it like it seems more inviting and positive. And I don't think you can easily substitute that with something else. You like, really can't. Food is not going to do it, and marijuana is weird. And 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, there is nothing. So I guess drink up. Well, in in summation, do you feel like drinking is wrong? No. Do you have a desire to drink? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. And when you have a desire to drink, what is it? What like what type of yeah, drink? Yeah. Probably a mixed drink. Because I'm similar to you where beer, I, I can't do beer, man. And I It's so crazy because we live in the Willamette Valley, which is like Hop Valley, right? There's yeah. hops everywhere. And I like it. I really love it. I, like, I, I'm not ashamed to admit that I, I, it tastes good. It's like it's like coffee. Like, if you mm-hmm. brew coffee right, you roast it right, you can... I, I'm like, there's a snob. I'm only a snob about like three things in life. One of which is coffee and the other is wine. Mm-hmm. The other yeah. is airlines. But, airlines. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people actually are. Kind I'm of. very particular about my airlines, but other than that, like I'm not, I'm not super particular about. But uh, but I can find you could get that way with uh, with uh, beer. Yeah. You know, like oh, this is a very Willamette Valley hoppy oh, yeah. IPA, and I think that's maybe part of what. Yeah, I don't know. Part of what turned me off is again like it's craft. The hipster craft generation beer. really came into its own when we were sort of coming to our own in the last like 10 years. I would say the hipster movement kind of came and went. Is that is that what, do you feel like there's way more like microbreweries than ever existed yeah. ever? I and mean, same thing with wineries. And like, I just don't remember all these wineries existing. And they're popping up everywhere. I mean, my wife moved from the East Coast and I was thinking, "Oh, she's all the beer over here." And she's like, no, man, actually, there's a lot over there, too. Like, they're kind of everywhere now. But beer is not my thing. I just have determined that if I'm going to drink something and sort of pay the consequence from drinking a type of, al- a type of alcohol, it's going to be a mixed drink. Mm. Just because I don't really have to drink that much of it. I can just sip on one drink, and usually one drink will kind of, like, elevate my mood. But see, a mixed drink, it, all it does to me is scream sugar. Yeah, that's true. I think, But my drink is so boring, dude. I drink vodka sodas. Yeah, you're see, that's what you are you are drinking to feel a buzz. You need to get yeah. on my side where you could drink wine and feel sophisticated. That's true. That I think that's why a lot of older people drink wine is because they've like gone, Oh, I don't want to be associated with the you know, drinking Jägermeister to get drunk. But I still want to get drunk. Oh man, so. just you even mentioning that makes me feel not good. Right I'm just now. gonna drink wine. Holy cow. <laughs> Old people get drunk on wine. They're Old people get drunk on wine. <laughs> Okay. You'd fit in good in Italy. I think that's a big deal there. You know, there's a whole... Wine with everything. Th- this is funny. What's it, It's funny the culture, cultural differences. You and I have talked about this before. And, you know, here in the United States, it's just like culturally acceptable to drink anywhere and everywhere at any point in time. I feel like whatever, wherever, right? Golf course, bowling, uh, after work, any restaurant, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Chuck E. Cheese now, right? Mm-hmm. You can get uh, alcohol at Chuck E. Cheese. So you go to other cultures and like some places in Africa and it's like drinking is for the people who have problems mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's it. Like you, they don't drink recreationally. It's you drink to get drunk, to wash away your problems. Hmm. You go to Italy and they have a whole terminology for it. It's called aperitivo. It's like you go dinner doesn't even start till eight or nine o'clock. Cause you drink first you mm. go there and you you go to a restaurant and they serve drinks and they call it aperitivo and then mm. you're like okay we're gonna drink wine and then we'll eat our food you know it's a whole ordeal so culturally there's there's a lot of different uh yeah ways to approach it yeah i wonder what american culture would be but but it, american culture is 
it, it it's the old adage it's five o'clock somewhere so we're drinking mimosas or bloody marys in the morning and we're drinking beers at lunch and then at dinner we're drinking uh hard alcohol you know what would get me to drink more is if bar food was healthier is that is that the goal right now we're trying to get you to drink more yeah it sounds like it no i'm not i'm trying to get you to if you're going to you're drink, a questionable get, friend to me right now get off of your stupid hard alcohol crap <laughs> and get on something that you know yeah jesus would endorse yeah, Jesus endorsement. That's what I'm looking for. That's really what I'm trying to do in life is just get the Jesus endorsement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I could do that. By the way, I know we're wrapping up now, but I think a future podcast should be, you know, want, uh, alcohol versus marijuana. Because you said some things earlier that I was like, ah, I feel like that's very arguable. What did I say? That you were like, I think alcohol is better for you than marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. How's that arguable? I think that's extremely arguable. Well, are, try me right now. I I think that you're claiming that alcohol has health benefits, and that's yes, your, correct. And I would claim that marijuana probably has health benefits. Probably. Yeah. In what fashion? Like most marijuana has like CBD, anti-inflammatories, things like yes. that. They're supposed okay. to help you with pain. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And also stress relief. I think people do it for stress relief, and I think that it's. Again, that's why we should do it in a future podcast because maybe I can come with a little more education. But I would say that <laughs> okay. my my argument would be I don't know which I wouldn't argue that one is like way worse, but I would, certainly wouldn't put alcohol above. Uh, uh, yeah, I would. And also, like people don't die from driving when they're high; they die from driving, driving when they're drunk. People don't get aggravated and and violent when they're high; they get that way when they're drunk. Yeah, it kills these, the liver. These are all uh, great un educated unfounded unresearched almost like points. an opinion sure yeah that right. you're that you're talking about from both of us the reality is and, and we we won't get into it right now maybe in a future podcast we will the reality is legally smoking marijuana hasn't been there for a long time so legally drinking has been there for eons right so your argument is just because it's always been this way. No, I'm saying that you're you're saying that some of the worst adverse effects of alcohol are there and statistically they're there that aren't there for marijuana. I'm saying, yeah, they might not be there and I bet if we dug deep we could find them, but you're they're not as uh rapidly present because it hasn't been legal for that long. So you're correlating the fact that they aren't rapidly present because they're not, it hasn't been legal. Like yeah. you're not chalking any of it up to maybe it actually just isn't that bad. Oh, because I believe it's bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you you believe that most of the reasons you would find a statistical disparity between alcohol and marijuana is because just marijuana just hasn't been legal long enough. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Fair. I don't know. I can't statistically prove you any wrong or in in the wrong. So, but I would love to get into a debate about it. This sounds like fun. Have so you ever yeah. heard? Uh, uh, well, you probably haven't. But Stephen Crowder was on Joe Rogan, okay. and Stephen Crowder actually stormed off angry and was like, "Well, this is a, like it was a really nasty ending. They had to apologize to each other on social media because they got into a debate where Joe Rogan was arguing that he doesn't think alcohol." Or he thinks alcohol is worse than marijuana. He doesn't think marijuana should be legal. Sorry, Joe Rogan was arguing for marijuana. Stephen Crowder was like, no, I think it should be illegal, and here's the reasons why. So they kind of had this argument already, and it oh, blew they did. up. Yeah, so it's very Okay, so we'll watch that, and then maybe we'll, you apart. and I will have the argument, and we'll be 
what we are always known for is the B squad of Joe Rogan <laughs> yes. and, and Steven Crowder. We're more like the C or D squad. Yeah, that's rude. <sighs> True. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I'm Marshall, and this is Aaron. And welcome to the Two Penny Games Podcast. Goodbye.